Good morning. Let's all stand and together we'll lift up our voices as we sing The Lord's Our Rock. In Him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. The Lord's our rock, in Him we hide a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever He'll be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of A shelter in the time of storm. We'll never leave our safe retreat. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. I hope it's before you and we do thank you for every brother and sister in Christ that has come to worship and I pray that you would help us as a church to be a people with sincere hearts drawing near to you that you may be exalted in every way I pray that you'd watch over our church family that couldn't be here this morning they they may be far away or busy about things I pray that you would minister to their hearts let them know that we are praying for them and care for them. And Lord, we pray that you'd help them who are, are ill to get better. Those who need to renew their walk to be revived. We just pray for your Holy Spirit to be at work. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. 
Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, How Great Is Our God. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, it trembles at his voice. It trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great. How great is our God. And
Without you. 
if you would take your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We'll turn to page 18 through 20. Oh, not page 18 through 20. Verse 18 through 20. Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20 this morning. Uh, our message this morning is about friendship. Uh, today, after church, we're going to go and we're going to do just a time of fellowship at Sandy and my house. We've got the open fields, fly some kites, have some hamburgers and hot dogs. You're bringing salads or chips or whatever it is that you may bring. And we're just going to have a time of fellowship. And why do we do that? We do that because it's an important part of our Christian friendship. When we come to Mark chapter 5, verses 18 through 20, we find a, a pretty amazing account, especially when you read all of chapter 5, and you find out that it's really about the maniac of Gadarene, and how that the Lord Jesus Christ brought miraculous healing to him. And even today, when you go to Israel and they take you out onto the Sea of Galilee upon a ship, as you go out, usually you launch on kind of, uh, when I visualize the Sea of Galilee, you launch over here on the left side, you come out. And as you go out, they'll point to the rise that goes up in the land on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And they tell you that is the region of the Gadarenes. So still today, they recognize that region based upon the same name going back all the way to the time of the scriptures and before. This man was tormented by a legion of demons within him. Christ cast those demons out of him. And when you come to verses 18 through 20, you find this interesting connection between him and Christ and this conversation about friends and fellowship. So listen as I read to you these three verses. Mark chapter 5, verses 18, 19, and 20. It says, And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And hath had compassion on thee. And he departed. And began to publish in Decapolis. How great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. As we look at this text. We find an individual that God has reached down. And miraculously touched. Absolutely changed his life. And he simply asked Jesus. Can I stay with you? He didn't think about going home. He didn't think about his friends or his parents, his siblings. He was completely transfixed by what God had done for him. And he simply looks at Jesus Christ and he says to him, Can I stay with you? And Jesus says, No. You can't stay with me. But you can go and represent me. Go home. And I love that the Bible uses that phrase. Go home and tell your friends. We find that the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not that he doesn't want to be friends. In fact, when we look at John chapter 15, verses 15 and 16, and Mike's going to pop that up there. 
John chapter 15, 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants. And this is Jesus speaking. I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. It's not that Jesus doesn't want to be our friend. He is our friend. He goes on, he says, For all things that I have heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. Yea, uh, ye have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So you find in this text where Christ makes it clear, I am your friend. I've chosen you, but I've chosen you to go and represent me and talk to your friends about me. So this gentleman who's been transformed, he's gone from being a maniac of the Gadarenes to now a, a child of the king, a saint. He's really done what every one of us wants to do. God changes us when he touches us. And we want to, we want to draw closer to our Lord. If you're truly born again, if you really have Jesus Christ in your heart and in your soul, you want to draw near to him. He's done things for you that nobody else could. First of all, we understand that he gives us a brand new perspective on life. Look with me, if you would, to John chapter 14, verse 26. And I want you to see how that he changes us in such a powerful way that it's natural for us to want to stay with him. John 14, 26, it comes down and it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you. All things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus makes sure that even though he's not here with us in the physical sense, he's here with us in the spiritual sense. You see, he is our friend and he changes our whole life. He changes the way we understand things. He teaches us new things through the Holy Spirit. He brings to our remembrance truths that we have learned through the Holy Spirit. It's no wonder that we want to draw nearer to him because he helps us to see things clearly. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 21 through 24 talks to, about, talks to us about our value system. Christ changes our value system. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed. It means to be changed, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in the righteousness and true holiness. When we look at these verses, we understand why we want to draw near to Christ. Why the maniac of Gadarenes wanted to stay with Jesus. Because he changed him. Gave him a new understanding. Gave him a new value system. By creating him anew within himself. In fact, he's given us a whole new beginning, hasn't he? 
When I received Christ, just as when you received Christ, we were born again. Now we see the world take that phrase and they abuse it and use it and mock it. But Jesus Christ is the one who gave it to us. He said, you must be born again. That new beginning is a miraculous change. It not only changes us as a person, it changes our eternity. So the maniac of the Gadarenes, when he came to Christ, not only did Christ create him all new, not only did, did he give him a new understanding and a whole new value system, but he gave him a whole new eternity. Turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of John chapter 3. John chapter 3, look at verses 14 down through 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You and I, when we look to Christ, when we receive Christ into our hearts and lives, when we are, as he called it, born again, we are given eternal life. So for the maniac of the Gadarenes to look at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, can I stay with you? To get in the boat and say, can I go with you? Is absolutely a natural and normal thing. But you know, God has another desire for us. It's, as, again, it's not that he doesn't want to be our friend. It's not that he doesn't want to be a part of us. He comes to dwell within us. But we have a purpose. Part of being a friend of God, part of being a friend of Christ, is to fulfill the purpose. It's interesting that he says to him, go home. I mentioned already, I, I like that phrase. You know, a home is more than a house, isn't it? You know, you can build a house, but not have a home. A home is something people work at. They create that. They, they feed it. They fan it. They keep it alive. And so the Lord, as he looks into the heart and the life of the maniac of the Gadarenes, the demons cast out of him and he coming to himself, Jesus looks into his heart and his soul and his person. He tells him, you need to go home. You need to go home to that mom and dad who have grieved because of all that's transpired in your life. You need to go home. To those neighbors, those friends, those people who saw you grow up and who are worried about you. Go home. Maybe siblings. He recognizes that in this man's life, he needs to go home. And you and in me, in our lives, we need to not forget about our home. Those people that are connected to our home. Those people that are around our home. Those people who are a part of our home. Don't get so caught up that you forget that you've got to share the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life. God has given you newness of life. Eternal life. A new beginning. A new mind. A new vision. All through him. 
And those people who love you and those people who you love, they need the, to know the hope of Jesus Christ. All around us is a society that's wringing their hands and saying, we don't know what's going on. We need to do something because our culture has gone mad. And all along, we have the truth. They may, they may not want to hear it, but we have the truth. We need to share it. Not beat them over the head with it. Not try to jam it down their throat. Not, that, not make them hate us and, make, and hate it. But we need to share what God has done with us. That they might know that God can give them the same hope, the same vision, the same peace, the same guidance, the, the same transformation that has happened to the maniac of the Gadarenes as well as us. We need to tell the great things that Christ has done for us. In fact, go back with me to the text there in Mark chapter 5. Because I, I want you to listen to the very words that Christ uses when he talks to this man. Mark chapter 5. Look down with me at verse 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not. Jesus said no. And you know one of the interesting things is sometimes God says no to us. We don't always like that, do we? It's kind of like parenting. How many of you have kids? How many of your kids love the word no? Oh, you all took your hands down. It's one of the shortest words, but it's one of the most hated words, isn't it? No. And Jesus looks at this man whose life has been transformed, and he simply says to him, no. You and I in our lives, don't be so disappointed when God says no. Understand that he has a greater purpose. A broader vision than you and I have. It's kind of like our kids who, if they could, they would eat candy all the time. But you have a bigger vision for your kid than that, don't you? They're pretty transfixed on that beautiful, glistening, wonderful candy. But you're seeing a boy or a girl who needs to grow up healthy, whole, and strong. So every once in a while, you look at him and you say, no. Or at least you should. Here our Lord says, no. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And I think it's important for us to step back. And to understand what Jesus said to him. He didn't tell him to go home and to debate and discuss all the theological ins and outs of how many angels can sit on the head of a pen. He told him, go home. Go home and tell your friends the great things that Jesus Christ has done for you. Every once in a while, I'll be talking to somebody who will say, well, I wish I, could, I wish I could share my faith. I just don't know the Bible that well. Well, you should get to know the Bible. But Jesus didn't tell him, I need you to go to the synagogue and I need you to memorize the Torah. He said to him, go and tell what great things Jesus has done for you. 
And for you and I in our lives, if, if Jesus Christ is a real part of who we are, we have a story to tell. You have a story to tell. How that he has changed you and transformed you and shaped you and made you, helped you and guided you. He's done great things in your life. You simply have to share it. The other day, we, we, yesterday, we were doing this sheathing up on this garage here. And we came down for lunch and we were talking and somehow we got talking about the Navy. Talking about Louis and the Navy. And Louis told us, he said, well, I came home and I thought to myself, you know, I'll come home for a little while and then I'll re-sign up. And I think there was a sign-up bonus or something you told us. And uh, he says, I'll cash in the sign-up sign bonus. But he said, I came home and I met this cutie up in the notch of Bristol. <laughs> And he said, you know what? The Navy was out. <laughs> she changed his life. Didn't she? She sure did. <laughs> and because of that, he has a story to tell. Here we are, all these many years later. Louis, how long have you been married? 58 years. 58 wow. years. Fifty-eight years later, he's still telling the story about when he met Connie. That's wonderful, isn't it? You and I in our lives, if we don't, if we don't pay attention, there are wonderful things that happen in our lives. And Jesus told this man, he says, I want you to go home. I want you to tell your friends simply the wonderful things, the great things the Lord hath done for thee. And in your life and in mine, we have a story to tell. You don't have to memorize the entire Bible, although I certainly think you should, you should know it. You don't have to be able to argue theology up and down, although you should know why you believe what you believe. But you have a story to tell. That's what he told the maniac from the Gadarenes to go do. It's not that he didn't want to be his friend. We know he did. It's not that he didn't want to be with him. We know he does because he gave us his spirit, his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. But it's interesting when you come down to verse 20. Listen to what verse 20 says in our text of Mark chapter 5. And he departed. And began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. It's important for us to listen to that next verse. Because it's a very pointed verse. What's it tell us at first? He departed. And so that word is the word obedience. Do you know the scriptures tell us? Jesus said to us. You are my friend if you obey me, if you obey my commandments. That's the evidence of us being a friend of Jesus Christ. It's that we are simply obedient to who he is and what he has for us. And what did this man do? The very first thing it tells us, he says, he departed. 
And what did he do? Did he go home and try to figure out, well, you know, what's the ins and outs of the community? Wow, things have really changed. Where can I go to work? What, where can I live? It tells us the first thing he said, he departed and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done. And what did Jesus tell him to do? He said, go home, tell your friends the great things the Lord hath done for thee. He didn't change it. He didn't alter it. He didn't add to it. He didn't take away from it. He did exactly what Jesus had asked him to do. You and I. Sometimes we so overcomplicate our faith. He really just wants us to be obedient. He just wants us to be the friend that we say we are. He says, if, you're, if you are my friend, you'll obey my commandments. This gentleman here chose to obey, didn't he? He departed, he departed, went to his hometown, went to his home, and there he began to publish all the great things that Jesus had done. And I want you to notice the last part of verse 20. And all people did marvel. All the folks marveled at what had trans transpired in his life. You and I, our story is unique. Our story is unique, each of us. If you just take the time to share with people how that Christ has changed you, our story is marvelous. But we have to be willing to share our story. We have to be willing to go and let others know about the power of Jesus Christ in our hearts and our lives. This afternoon, we're going to go over to the house and we're going to enjoy some uh, grilled hot dogs and hamburgers by the grill master, George. <laughs> we're going to sit under the shade of some pop-up little things that future Sheriff Mike here is going to oversee those things being put up. And I'm trying to remember who's going to carry the tables. Henry. Henry. Gonna put all the food out on that. John and I already brought over some picnic tables and lots of you already brought your lawn chairs. And we're gonna sit around and we're gonna visit and we're gonna fellowship. Because we have a kinship, a kinship in Jesus Christ. He is our friend. And because he's our friend, we're friends. Because we're all different, aren't we? We've all come from different backgrounds. We've all got all kinds of unique stories we could tell about growing up. I could, I mentioned Louie's story about meeting Connie and how it changed their lives. I've also heard Jean and Barb's story about how when they got married, they lived in a little one tiny shack. And, and Jean told me it was the best years of their whole life. And if I remember correctly, you could even see daylight through the through the, is that right? Maybe not that bad. Maybe not that bad, okay. <laughs> I might have drawn my own picture. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, friends in Christ because he is our friend. And we will enjoy this time of fellowship, not because we're all the same, but because we all have the same friend. But when we leave this afternoon, 
when we leave and we go back to our home, please don't forget to tell your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your relatives, what great things Jesus has done for you. Brother John is going to lead you in a song, and then I'm from the back going to dismiss us in a word of prayer. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where'er you go. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, oh how Give us boldness in our community to share our faith, the great and wondrous things you have done for us. We praise you, Lord, and thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.